Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to another episode of Dabbling and Dribbling. Before we get started, talk some business as per usual. Are you following us? Do you like us? Do you want to sign into our DMs? Follow us on our social media platforms. Why are you laughing at me every time I do it this? It sounds like a note that says, check one of the boxes. <laughs> are we together? <laughs> Boyfriend? Girlfriend? No or never in hell? <laughs> no or never in hell. Oh, that's sad. Anyway, follow us. We're really cute and adorable. Um, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, at Dabbling and Dribbling. Mm-hmm. And we are on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, and Stitcher for your podcasting listening pleasure. For sure. So make sure you check us out and uh, give us some love. Rate us, comment. We we always love um, when folks uh, chat with us. In yes. So, it was nice, it was nice. But yeah, we talked a lot about social media this this cast, as I mentioned. As you're people. plugging our social media, I'm just thinking, as you get into this, toward the end of the dabbling section, um, I get pretty anti-social media. You you weigh in mm-hmm. from perspective that I appreciate, mm-hmm. but you are definitely the more uh, the more versatile and well-versed in social media between the two that. of us. I mean, I mean, the bar is set pretty low over <laughs> here, so... You're really so literally good. anybody could do anything that. you do seems like sorcery to me. <laughs> I know. I mean, we we have we have Instagram archive video that is on our post on our Instagram yeah. that shows you struggling to pin something on Instagram. It was it was really funny. It takes all my brain power. It takes um, all of it. So we talk about social media in light of uh, Facebook. Yeah. And things going on there with security. Um, and you did a and you like read the the comment that. Um, Zucky. Uh, Z- uh, Mark Zuckerberg put out and kind of summarized that pretty well. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to kind of like see what kind of transpires. But we definitely talk about that. And we also talk about uh, terrorism because that happened in Austin. Oh, that kind of terrorism. Yeah. The white kind. The white kind of terrorism. Yes, we did. The one that we don't really talk about in this country. Um, and then uh, what else? Oh, we talked about obviously our Carter mm-hmm. update. Keeping up with the Carters. Keeping up with the Carters, because uh, Boo Ivy be giving us life. My gosh. In yeah. general. Yeah, inspiring. Uh, on the basketball side, mm-hmm. listen, playoffs are coming, but they're not here yet, so we get we take what it's we need. Pretty short get. segment, I would say, Yeah. that we had. Probably the shortest we've ever had. Short and sweet. Rockets are good. Mm-hmm. Cavs are in a bit of up and down. There's yeah. some good things, some bad things. We talk about all that. Yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be pretty great. And our dope people, specifically the women that we talked about, mm-hmm. are people that I want to hang out with, mm-hmm. that are people that I kind of want to be when I grow up. Um, so I just feel like co- when you come to our dabbling section, we talk about a, a myriad of things. Mm-hmm. Our dribbling section, short, sweet, uh, to the point, but still super duper awesome. And our dope people are super awesome. This might be one of our best casts. Yeah, I put it up there. It's up there in our, in our like, maybe top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the halls, the it's canon. A, the yeah. canon of, like, some of the best out there that we've ever done. You tune in. All right, let's uh, tune in and get right into this. What up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Dabble and Dribble with Alex and Bry. Hey. It is our 40th episode. 4-0. 40-40 club. Yes, 
ESPN on the screen. Yeah, that's my favorite 40 lyric that I could think of at this time. Well, well done, sir. Blueprint. Good Check job. that out. Good job, good job. Um, speaking of the Carters. Yeah. Do you want to just dive right into... Like what are they stuff. doing? Keeping up with the Carters. What are they doing? That should be a segment of ours because it is why now. not? It is now. Why? Because they're coming not? with it every week. I feel like something new is always happening right. with them. What's going on this week? So this week, um, Blue Ivy Carter was with uh, her parents. I don't know if you know her parents. Her, par- her parents are uh, Sean Carter, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, mm-hmm. and Beyonce Knowles, Giselle Knowles Car- Carter. Giselle? Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Sexy. Giselle. Ugh, she's so hot. I'm surprised <laughs> I'm just now learning that. Okay. Um, went to uh, the, it's like the Waco Center, like it's a wearable Performing art. Arts? Yeah, a, like the art gallery, like they, they have a wearable art um, yeah. gala that they do. And in yeah, Waco, Texas? I don't think it's in Waco. I think the, the, the. Organization is just called Waco something. I don't. It's okay. not from. It's, it's not in New Waco. York or L.A. Probably or Houston or like it's you know it's somewhere. Okay. I don't know where exactly. That's fine. And I don't care to know because. But what I will say is that uh, Beyonce was honored for like a humanitarian award, um, and she gave a speech and things like that, and she looked beautiful and stunning. Um, and part of it, there was an uh, an art auction. Mm-hmm. And people had paddles, so like they would, you know, bring an art piece out, and people would bid on it. Right. And we've gone to art gallery stuff before, mm-hmm. and have heard people say like, "This is worth four hundred thousand dollars." You're like, right. "Oh, that's a cheap one," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Oh, that's cheap. That's cool." And right. you keep it moving. Um, so Blue was bidding on art because she kept, she had a paddle, mm-hmm. and she bid on uh, an artwork that was nineteen thousand um, dollars, and she bought it. <laughs> so um, before we dive into yeah. Terribleness. I just yeah. want to say, Blue Ivy Carter for president. Um, I'm calling it right now because she's got, she's gonna have like every, she probably ninety thousand dollars is like chump change for her, like she in just, her bank account. That's someone's college tuition. She just potentially she potentially. just put up her paddle to say, you know, yeah, what someone would pay to go to college. I'm I'm gonna buy that nice painting. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The art world is a mysterious place. It is a mysterious... And you know it way more than I do. It's it's, uh, it's a little grow... We, we talked about the Armory show last time. We By talked ourselves. it off... Yeah, off mic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have thoughts, but, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's, that's the Carters, and I feel like... You know, the rest of our cast is terrible <laughs> as far as the things we're going to be talking about. So I figured it was important for us to talk about the wonder and... The excellence that is Blue Ivy Carter and her just snatching all of our hairlines. She's snatching our hairlines, like away. It's a. It's Wait, a is that an expression? That is that is a very black expression. Yes. Do you not know this? No. Okay. Snatching our edges. You ever heard that term before? No. Oh, okay. This is this is a moment for me. All obviously. Right. So uh, I, I'm gonna have you. I want you to Google that. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> Snatching Snatch. our hairlines? Edges. Do Snatching edges. our edges. Yeah. Hairline edges. <clears throat> is synonymous. Uh, Urban Dictionary says, mm-hmm. uh, if I go to, the child was so fierce, it took me uh, snatched a wig off. Um, what is their you definition? my edges. Where it doesn't, this one doesn't It's, like, it's essentially like you did something so amazing that like, it was like, I'm speechless. Like, I, you know, you snatch my edges. Like, you can oh. take all my money. Oh. You can, like... Here it is. 
to to pull on someone's hair mm-hmm. hard enough to, to pull out their extensions or weave. Mm-hmm. This is like snatching someone's wig, but is instead about extensions, weaves, rather than a wig. Mm-hmm. It can also be used as a metaphor for being surprised, mm-hmm. just like snatching someone's wig is used. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like you're just like shocked, surprised, like... Beyonce does this all the time, snatching everybody's edges. Like, she just, she continues to do that in the way that she does life. I appreciate you appropriating um, half of my culture's phrase by <laughs> putting in hairline instead of edges. Yes, I, I did hairline. You did that for, tactfully. I did it tactfully. Um, by the way, like, edges is a thing for a lot of people, women of color. Of course, it is a black woman specific, like, thing like baby Mm. hairs and stuff is a black woman thing but it's also like women of color also have do you call it edges we don't call it edges black Mm. women call it edges yes we yes i've heard this yeah Yeah. so i grew up hearing like you getting your are you like getting your edges edges done or 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 getting uh yeah do you get edged up up or whatever yeah Yeah, that's the term yeah but uh so that's so blue ivy did that and so i don't know i'm just i feel like because we're going to be talking about some terrible things next. Yeah. I just thought it would be good to start with something positive. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Are you ready to talk did about I, terrorism? Did I, did, I, did I snatch your edges? <laughs> no. I, I actually am surprised that it was only $19,000. Yeah, I think it was, It was at least that's what was caught on camera, her doing. Because yeah, she literally, she had a paddle. Mm-hmm. And instead of using the paddle, she just raised her hand. And she's like, yes, you can just, right, right here... Right here. Just just give... There's, I want that. Have you been to... This was a fashion auction? It was an art auction. Whatever art, art auction. auction. Yeah. If you want to know more for anyone out there who's interested in... I've been to Christie's Auction House before and mm-hmm. seen some of this bidding happen. I've never happen. been. I would, I would love to go. It's, um, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. I would take you and you would find it... Uh, Boring? Every... Mm, after a while. Mm-hmm. But the initial shock, your edges will be all the way in... I on the other any. side of the street. I wouldn't have Yeah, any. because you'll just come in the sticker shop and blow it all away. I mean, I so, felt that way at the Armory show. Like, Yeah, just... but when you see the people actually in the room bidding on it, it kind of becomes this... It's a different kind of thing. Mm. But um, there's a documentary called uh, Blurred Lines mm. on Netflix. Yeah. So if you have a Netflix subscri- subscription... I do have that. Go- <laughs> 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 I watched it on Netflix. Do you have Netflix? I do. Oh, wait. <laughs> How oh, did right. you I have it? your Netflix account. <laughs> every every podcast. <laughs> this is our Netflix plug-in. <laughs> so uh, uh, they talk about the bidding and the art world. Mm-hmm. It's about 90 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who does not understand contemporary art, if you just watch that 90-minute film... You would learn a lot about it. It's the best explanation I can think to give anybody. Really? About, and it's, it's vague and ambiguous. There's one thing called bidding from the chandeliers or chandelier bidding. Oh, what's that? That is when the auctioneer... Goes up to the podium and says, okay, we're going to start with this next piece. It's starting off at $50,000. Do I hear 51? Uh, 51. Do I hear 52? 52. Do I hear 55 over here in the back? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're just making up some of those bids that did not actually happen because there's a mark they're trying to hit. Uh Like, we need to get this to 100. Mm -hmm. We'll start at 50. If they see slow bidding happening, you go up to 55, but you see no 60. Do I see 60? They're just looking up into space, like where the chandeliers are, right. and say, 60, do I see 65? It's like, mm. dude, no one raised their paddle. Right. And technically, it's illegal. Ooh. I did not know this. So, anyway, check the but, documentary I mean, out. that makes sense, though. I would do that. 
Well, if you were the auctioneer? Yeah. Yeah, of I course. I mean, that, yeah, that's what, that's you, what you're trying to do. Makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. then at the end of the day, somebody who uh, is invested in that work or the gallery who put it up for mm-hmm. auction yeah. will just buy it back. Mm-hmm. It's like $100,000. It's it's weird. Yeah. Check that documentary out. Okay, you want to talk about terrorism? Is that what we're calling it now? We don't have to call it that because I don't think some people would like to call it that. But if, if you are just paying any attention to the news right now mm. about Austin, Texas... Some guy was making some bombs in some boxes. and Some young guy. Some white young guy. 24, 23. 23. Yeah. Um, and these boxes being dropped on people's doorsteps and with regular shipping labels and all that. Mm-hmm. And people would open the boxes and I it thought FedEx was actually delivering the boxes. I think you're right. Yeah. Because he there is yeah. video of him at a FedEx mm-hmm. store. Um, yeah. And they would go through the mail and land and they would be dropped on people's doorsteps if they didn't have like some kind of other receptacle Mm -hmm. system. And so people would open these boxes and they would detonate. And so police did their due diligence and they confronted the young man and he uh, detonated a bomb inside his car, Mm -hmm. killing himself instead of, you know, coming in for questioning or Mm -hmm. anything. And so they made a statement about that. Like a punk. (laughs) <laughs> like a punk ass okay <laughs> I was, I was, you could say it I can't so the, why can't you say it the, the word bitch it uh, still feels wrong okay it just I appreciate doesn't that. sit well I appreciate that so he uh, we don't know anything more than what we already know and we never will so he did this and but I went to go see what people were saying about this mm-hmm. specifically are we going to react with the outrage that this is warranted with and the suspicion mm-hmm. that is often the case whenever we have a bombing incident? Mm. So what did I you went find? on Fox News Good job. Network. Better you than online, I. And I just control F mm-hmm. searched for the word terrorist mm-hmm. or terrorism. Mm-hmm. Or terror. Uh, I did see in one it said the Young man who was terrorizing. Mm. That's as close as we got without calling it terrorism right. or terrorist. So it's funny that you say that because a lot of, like, even like liberal news cycles, I've not seen them mm-hmm. say terrorist or this is a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Um, because when this first was happening, one of the victims, his name, uh, his name was Anthony Stephen uh, House or Anthony Stefan House. Mm-hmm. He was a 39 year old father of one daughter. Um, and a very successful project manager uh, and a college graduate. And for nearly, t- he was a victim of the, one of the mm-hmm. packages being, you know, exploding. Mm-hmm. And for nearly 10 days, the police made it out that Stephen um, or Stefan killed himself with a bomb. And this caused great shame to the family, mm-hmm. right? Like to, yeah. to think that maybe our son, like, that our son potentially did this, our, our father, our husband, our boyfriend, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Uh, and then, and they then told the community they had nothing to worry about. Yeah. You had so, something to worry about. Terrorism. Because they said that it was him. Right. So, and mind you, I just want to say that Anthony Stephen House, Stefan House, <clears throat> was a black man. Yeah. Yeah. I saw his picture. I think he played an instrument. No, no, no. That was a young kid. This is a, an older man. Oh, the young black kid. The young black kid was a 17-year-old. His name was uh, Draylon Mason. 
I was the second victim of the domestic terrorist. Let's call him that. Because I, I don't know about you, Is but I'm going to call him that we, our domestic terrorists domestic are, terrorist, yeah. our domestic terrorists are all white, yeah. white troubled quote unquote men. I don't know. White fragility is real. So this this uh, assailant did these things. It's terrorist. Terrorist. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one is questioning, is there a terror cell? Mm-hmm. Are there other white men like him mm-hmm. building bombs? Uh, there's no par- paranoia around other bomb-making operations mm-hmm. in the Texas area. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got the guy? Oh, he was a white kid? Oh, must be trouble. Okay, so the crazy white kid is now yeah. dead. So we don't have anything else We've, to worry we about. We do know that he was 23 and that he was a conservative his whole life. Right. That's all we really know He's, about him, I guess. Yes. He was politically conservative. Yes. So, you know, and no labeling of white males as extremists. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's a bomb situation and it happens and the news says, yeah, he was of... Arabic descent or mm-hmm. Islamic or whatever. He had melanin in his skin. Yeah. People mm-hmm. jump to, well, how many more are there out there? Mm. And in this case, people just kind of rested on, well, it happened one time, so that's it. And any bombs that are still out there, they're just residual bombs that he created that may be in the shipping process. So just look for that. They just consider because this one guy's dead, mm-hmm. that's the end of the story. So I would just say, and I have no reason to think that there are more people out there, but I'm trying to make a point that when people hear of a case like this and it involves someone who's not white, you should not jump to the conclusion that this is part of a bigger thing Mm -hmm. and we should give other people the same privilege of thinking, hey, maybe this person was just a little mentally unstable Mm. and it's not an issue of targeting American public and the lives of its citizens. Mm. So say it again, Alex. I'm just saying I look good and hard. And if you do, if you're out there, you listen to this and you say, "Oh, I looked on Fox News and I did find them use the word terrorism." Right. Please Great. hit us up in the DMs. Yeah, let Send us know it on the Insta. I I would be happy to say that I'm wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But if I am right from what I've seen from the different articles published within the last two to five hours. Um, this is fresh, so if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. this just, the explosion happened today. Yeah, it so happened. So it was very recent. Yeah, we, um, there's still a lot that's from, being uncovered. Yeah, but what from what's being reported initially, mm-hmm. no one is saying anything about terrorism, so. Yeah, and originally we thought it, it was a hate crime, too, because a lot of uh, people of color right. were being targeted. I think the last two victims were potentially white, I think, or the last victim was white. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, I don't know what that means. Or, I don't know how he chose people. And it could have just been, like, random. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of, like, on. there's a lot of questions. And the thing is, at the end of the day, these people who actually lost their lives, their families have to now deal with, mm. the lo- like, the senseless loss of, of their family member. Um, and there are other senseless loss things that are happening that are still unfolding um not just with the terrorism but uh, that's happening in um the the terrorists that happened in um uh where was this austin texas Texas, Uh, but there's things that are unfolding with um the san antonio shooting of uh stefan clark um being shot 20 times by a police officer uh, two police officers, um, ten each. Um, but again, I don't want to say more than than that it happened, and there's still um, uncovering more information at the end of the day. So, 
I don't know. There's just a lot of nonsense at this point. It's just really sad. Yeah. Um, can we talk about John Oliver? Yeah. Because you informed me of something that on the surface seems like a very positive thing. It is pretty positive. So John John Oliver, that's his name. Um, British dude, British dude, last week lately, right? That's the last Uh, last week week tonight. Tonight, tonight, Mm -hmm. not lately. Last week tonight. Um, He... um, he always does really cool segments. Last week we talked about his NRA segment, which was really awesome. Uh, but this past week he uh, did a segment on uh, Mike Pence, um, VP of Mikey P. Mikey P. Uh, VP of the the United States of Pe- America. People in the Oval Office like to call him Master P. Master P. Does he? He's also uh, has probably the most secure job uh, in the White House because forty five can't fire him. Um, because constitutionally, no, I didn't know that. like, oh wait, did I know that? I didn't. I I always. I guess I always knew that. I just didn't put two and two together. Yeah. Like I was just like, oh yeah. Like one once John Oliver told me that I was just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, Do you know back in the day, mm-hmm. you didn't used to be able to choose your vice president. Yeah, it was a person who was a runner up. Yes. Can you imagine forty five? You and couldn't Hillary fire them. Can you imagine that? Ah! Like you could. You had to put your. You had to put your opponent in there, and you couldn't fire them. God. Thomas Jefferson did not like that and changed it very quickly. Yes. <laughs> as you should. <laughs> as, as you should. Um, so he kind of talked about Mike Pence. The whole segment is about 20 minutes long. It's lovely. You should watch it. Mm. Um, and he just talks about Mike Pence, his history of, um, of just really hateful, hateful rhetoric, rhetoric around the LGBTQ community, uh, a proponent of um, conversion therapy from being gay to straight. Um, and, uh, specifically his, uh, focus on, focus on the family's founder, John Dobson, I think, or Jim, James Dobson, James Dobson, mm-hmm. um, Jimmy D, Jimmy D. um, and he politically says that he doesn't support those things, but he does by saying that like James Dobson is a mem- is a mentor for him and things like, it's very interesting the way, um, People John do. Oliver, yeah. like, Talks about it the way he like way he talks yeah. about it like gives much more out. logic yeah. of like yes you do support this dude like this doesn't make any sense and so at the end of it he talks about how Mike Pence and his wife has a rabbit as a pet rabbit mind you uh, they have a pet rabbit yes his name is Marlon Bundo Marlon Bundo like Marlon Brando but Bundo because bunny get it you're looking at me like you're so confused wait is it is it? Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> okay, keep there's going. nothing more to his name. No, other no, no, than no, no, that. no. Keep going. <laughs> and so um, he, you know, he's a big proponent of like keeping the family sacred, and that even if we like in CPAC, uh, which is the conservative party convention that they have, right. he has taught he is he has been a keynote that says like if we need to defend the family, we even constitutionally we will. Like he's very like, you know, family is man. Wife, two point five kids, and apparently your bunny. Um, and so uh, recently, his daughter wrote a book. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's his daughter or him or like his daughter and his mom. His uh, well, his wife, who sometimes he thinks is like his mom. I guess uh, the way he. That's weird. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
wrote a book of called Marlon Bundo, and it was a book about it's an it's a children's book about mm-hmm. the bunny. Okay. Um, and they have a book tour that they're doing, and part of the book tour is going to focus on the families, like like a thing for focus on the family, right? And so John Oliver and his team was like, okay, dude, we're gonna do one better. Mm. So their group, John Oliver and his team, uh, created a similar book about Marlon Bundo, but specifically how Marlon Bundo is a, realizes that he's a gay rabbit. And a, a gay bunny, and he finds a love of his life, and like how there is this mean person that is not going to let them get married, and all these wonderful things. Um, and it is, uh, okay. and you can, and it came out a day before. It's a pop up book. It's a it's a children's book, like a regular anime, like a need a pop up book. Pop up book would be funny. Um, and so it came the day it came out the day before. It came out on Sunday, I think, on yeah. Sunday when the show is on. Um, and it is already doing better than the other book. It's sold out. It's like number one. And all the proceeds for that book is going to Trevor Project, which is super awesome. And What's I believe the Trevor Project? The Trevor Project. Let me let me pull up what it actually is, like how the Trevor Project. Sorry. My understanding of the Trevor Project is mm-hmm. that it goes toward uh, supporting LGBTQ rights and it's a nonprofit organization based on in New York a, City. a young man who died yes i believe that is um the it was founded in 1998 by the creators of the academy award-winning short film trevor um and it's a leading organization that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lesbian gay bisexual transgender and questioning lgbtq oh. young people ages 13 to 24 um which is super duper dope um, and it, they have, I believe they have a hotline that you can call 24 seven. So if you're nice. like dealing with stuff, if you want to know what that hotline number is, it's one 488 And they're there for you 24 seven, which is super nice. cool. And I believe the Pence book also is going to a charity. Um, cause Pence's daughter is like, I love it that both books are doing well and money's going to charity. I'm just like, no, like John Oliver's book is trolling your book. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> it's pretty hard. It's pretty evident. It's pretty clear. Yeah. So big props. If I mean, if I could do a dope person like all the time, almost every week that he's on TV, it's going to be John Oliver because he's so, oh, yeah. he's just brilliant and I love his, and he's so sweet and I've seen his live taping and it's mm. just lovely. Is this two shows in a row that we've talked about John Oliver? Yeah. Doing good work. Doing to, it for the people. Doing it for the people. And not for the people. You're not, not even for his people. I know. He's the best he's, of the Commonwealth, really. He really it's is. the best thing they've given us since uh, independence, really. Yeah. You know? And, I mean. We kind of took. Well, we. I'm using we loosely. I was about to say, I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> like, my people were fighting for it. Uh, peacefully, but we were fighting for it. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. That's great. Yeah. I'll so have to go get that book when it gets back in stock. Yeah, I think they already, I already ordered it for my niece. I'm very excited to give it to her. Very nice. Yeah. You, <laughs> and I, I'm going to read it to her. What? It's going to yeah. be great. What is, auntie, what does gay mean? Like, <laughs> um, well, and I'm, I'm going to be like, talk about it. I'm going to look at her parents and be like, do you want me to have this conversation? Going or in. Do you want it? Because I, it, I don't want to take it away. This is happening. The book is here. She's asking the question. Right. This is happening. But my, my cousins are pretty woke, and they have mm-hmm. they have some really boss books for her, which is like yeah. super great. That's cool. So I, I I love it. Yeah. Um. So Facebook. Ooh. 
Let's talk about this. Do you know what Facebook is? Uh, that's the, is that the uh, Humans of New York book that like has the portraits mm-hmm, of people? Mm-hmm. I've Brandon, been hearing people talk about it. Brandon, who is the creator of Humans of New York. Yeah. What about him? He made a book of faces. Right. Of New York people. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what this is mm-hmm, that everyone's mm-hmm. upset yeah. about today. Yeah, absolutely. There are some typos in there. Mm-hmm. Right? I think so. Okay. Typos. And then he like gave the information to somebody else, but the humans right. didn't say that it was okay for him to do that he gave it to the russians he gave copies of the book to the russians right something like that Mm -hmm. this is okay because i know you don't go on social media often so what's what's that uh social media because what we're really talking about is the book of face um created by mark zuckerberg i know not of what you (laughs) do yes you do this this platform (laughs) facebook i mean how are we gonna fix this piece of shit i mean (laughs) this guy i mean the, the ceo mark zuckerberg came right out with his 2018 resolution to say, this year I plan to fix Facebook. Mark, what do you mean by that? He said, basically everything, because it's gone to hell it in is, a handbasket. It is not fun to look at Facebook when you are on it. So he's working on it, but the thing that came out recently is a, a firm or a company called Cambridge Analytica mm-hmm. used a lot of information uh, on the back end that people did not give permission for mm-hmm. them to use and used private personal information from users to benefit certain um how should i say this certain parties or interests in the 2016 campaign or just say, do, you, do you just want to say 45's campaign um can you just say it i could s- you know how we like to say like when something is a terrorist like if it walks hop- like a duck talks mm-hmm. like a duck it's a duck you know it's like a hop skip and a jump from that to Russia. And I'm just like, <laughs> I can't... I want I want to be careful not to go full in and okay. just say, this is all part of the thing. But the accusations against Russian meddling before were Russia is using some analytics from Facebook and things right. like this. And so the Trump campaign maybe had some kind of connection to the Facebook data is what this is pointing to. Right. I'm sure Mueller is all up in this. Like, what is this? Which is why gotta... he's asking for the subpoena of uh, 45's business. Mm-hmm. He's like, Businesses. Gotta... Mueller's probably sitting back like, am I going to have to hire like 100 more people? This thing just keeps getting larger Mind you, and Mueller larger. is a Republican. Yeah. So if people forgot, because 45 uh, stupidly tweeted that Mueller and like tweeted about Mueller specifically He's and so he dumb. shouldn't have done that He's so dumb. Uh, in the same way that uh, Kelly uh, the chief of staff told him not to congratulate Putin on winning yes I saw and he that. did it anyway God in <laughs> so we got Mr. president please do not congratulate this okay all right I'm well, gonna do it he's literally fine. a child don't like don't, don't touch that don't touch that don't I'm touch that touch it. <laughs> don't touch it he just touch gets it. closer and just puts his hand right on the burning stove um anyway facebook back to what you were saying book of face this guy uh came out with a statement people were a little critical of the turnaround time for mm-hmm. information but mark zuckerberg is like give me a second he just put out the statement he, right? he's like, like within the past right. hour within the last 24 hours people are all in uh hoopla about this and mark's like you know what i'm not going to respond until i have more information and so on his personal Facebook page, which I think is very meta, of him, <laughs> uh, on his personal Facebook page, that Mark Zuckerberg... That you can Zuckerberg, only like or follow. You can't like be his friend. Well, yeah, but you can comment on this oh, yeah. uh, post exactly. that he just put up. Mm-hmm. He put up a post explaining in great detail, I think, 
my personal reading of it is, listen, here's the timeline of what happened. I did some digging. Here's what we know. He names names. Mm-hmm. He talks about the organization. You read the Analytica. whole thing because I did not. I read the whole thing. He's very clear in saying, you're at the top, he just says, you've heard that your information has been used and that is a breach of your trust and frankly... My job is to serve you mm-hmm. in this platform. And if I can't do that safely, then you we don't deserve to have you as a client. And so we owe you better than to let this happen. So let me take you through the timeline mm. of what happened. And he just goes through in detail of 20, 27, 2007, this happened. 2013, this happened. 2014, mm-hmm. 2015, 2016. And he names- so this has been happening... Even years before. It's happening for a while, but it was related to a, a system of questions and quizzes that they put out that then they reneged on in 2013 mm. from the guy who had put it in place. And they asked Cambridge Analytica, well, they demanded, Cambridge Analytica, uh, we're cutting ties with you and this uh, guy, I forget his name mm-hmm. in the article, but he names his name. He says, so make sure that you certify that you're destroying all this information and then submit the certificates of proof to us. And Mm. Cambridge did that. And then later, 2016, this stuff is happening. And Mark just comes out and says, the fact that this could happen suggests that you didn't do everything you were supposed to do. Right. And so we are having our team do an internal forensic investigation and we have investigators privately third party doing this for us as well. He's probably so, going to be called like oh, yeah. in for oh, yeah. all the things that hey, kind of went down. CEO of Facebook. Tell happen. us what just happened with all this cuz we're he's doing not a the first it's not the first time he's been in front of like lawyers and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, the start of Facebook, there's a big movie about it. How true it is is still kind of up in the air. I saw that guy at Whole Foods. You did? The, the guy who um, played him? Uh, Eisenberg? Yeah, Jesse. Jesse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he forgot his eggs. He had to turn around and go get those. So. The Whole Foods that's right by here? Yeah, Union Square. Oh, that okay. That one, yeah. Okay. He was yeah, he was in front of me in line. I didn't see him. And then he turned around and said, oh, shoot, I forgot my eggs. Yeah. And then, oh, it's the guy. That's the guy. Anyway. Anyway, back to this. Fool. <laughs> Don't forget your eggs. <laughs> Don't forget your eggs. Uh, and so anyway, he outlines that and he says, okay, so this is what we think happened. We don't know for certain because Cambridge Analytica is denying it. And so we're investigating it. Well, Cambridge Analytica has been using their, like, their, like, way of using data as this, like... um, Leverage tool. Leverage tool to get more um, uh, customers because Mm. Cambridge Analytica was also used by Ted Ted Cruz used it. Um, he didn't win. He didn't win the election. Um, there's other like other campaigns and stuff have used them. Yeah. And but like, and well, some have won, some haven't. And the one that did you see the videos of them talking on a hidden camera? No. So at the, oh well, that's what came out. Like, yes. That's what that's yes. the big thing that came. So out. I mean, just one of the statements that stands out to everyone is when the person asked them. So in these campaigns, the person running, you you have so much control over this. What is this person on the campaign to us? If are they an illusion, or I mean, are they just like a puppet? He goes, yeah, they're always the puppet that we control the flow of information and what people choose to invest in, ideologically invest right. in, and they're just the suit standing up there talking. 
And it's like, okay. And that's why people got really upset. Right. Is because they feel like their information has been used to dupe them and coerce right. them into right. whatever. So uh, then he outlines in that statement the three things they're doing next. So mm. we're going to do this, then this, then this. And all three things seem to reason well. This is a long statement. I would encourage anyone to read it. For me personally, it's what I would want in a statement from the top brass to say, I fucked up. Yep. I do not deserve to be, uh, to have your business mm. if I can't guard your information safely. Yeah. And so I owe you that. And if I can't do that, then just, I'll have to, this thing is going to self-destruct. Right. So we got to fix this. Here's what I'm doing to take more ownership of it. And we're moving forward to, to fix the claim. So I read the comments. That's not good enough for some people. I get that. I mean, people are pissed and rightfully so. Like, it's not. And they're saying things like, you should have known this before. And that's what Mark's statement is essentially, uh, this caught me by surprise. So I should have known this by before. But someone else also said in the comments, how could you be surprised when in 2016, you know, members of your own team were in the, I want to say the campaign room or a room on the campaign with the. 2016, um, one of the campaigns being the 45 campaign. Huh. When they're in the room. That's what someone said. But you know how people are on the internet. Like, I have to do fact-checking on that to right. find out if a Facebook member was in the room right. on the campaign. So, yeah, that's going to be... Who knows? Yeah. Cite your sources. Give me a link. Yeah. Put an article with that. And maybe I'll put some stock in it. Right. But either way, Facebook's uh, stock plummeted like a rock. Uh, to be expected. 36B. Um, that's what I heard. That was a large number. 36 billion? Yeah, that's what Yikers. I heard. Yikers. Uh, I don't know how many billions you have. Probably more than that. Hundreds of billions, I would assume. Yeah. But like... Anyway. Yeah. That's what I know on the Facebook front. And this is coming... From, so, I have not been on Facebook in a long time. I use Facebook like anyone does, to stalk people occasionally when I forget what someone looks like or I want to find out where this person lives now. Mm -hmm. I can look up on Facebook like the way our parents used to use an address book. Yeah. Address and phone number. Yeah. You keep track of people that way back in the old days. Facebook was our generation's way of saying, those people from high school that you knew, Mm -hmm. you can keep in touch with them electronically. Yeah, it was kind of nice. They'll update their information. They'll put in pictures, photo albums, and all right. that. It's a way, it's like a scrapbook meets a dress book, mm-hmm. and you can DM or you can post. It was lovely. Yeah, you can poke people. You could poke people. You can still poke people, by the way. You can, but back then it's a little it used, weird doing it used it now. to mean that they liked you. Now it means they have something against you, or there's a grievance, or they're just really weird. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, either way. Um, but that was what Facebook was intended to do. And then I think we all have seen how it has kind of, I would say, devolved into something a little more incestuous. And uh, so we're trying to... I don't like social media. And I think Facebook... That's a loaded statement. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We There's a term... Yes. ...called nomophobia. Say it again. N-O... No. M-O. Phobia. No. Nomophobia. Nomophobia. Okay, what does it mean? Uh, It is... Nomophobia. Because FOMO is like fear of missing out. Right. Nomophobia, according to 
uh, techtarget.com, mm-hmm. is an irrational fear of being without your mobile phone or being unable to use your phone for some reason, such as the absence of a signal or running out of minutes or battery power. A phobia is a definition of an irrational fear. So the idea that we would be without our computers in our pockets, mm-hmm. the phones, the yeah. smartphones we have now, yeah, the things that have Facebook, all the social media apps, right. Instagram works better on phone than it does on your computer. Yeah. You know, totally. these things are designed around to be that a, interface. It's a mobile, it's a mobile interface. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the idea that people are so connected to these devices, mm. I go through the subway, you know, Canal Street over here. Yeah. The J, you have to go down yeah. on the Canal Street side and the you have to basically go down the platform where the NQR is, mm-hmm. walk the long corridor of that platform and then go up top to the J sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you if take you go, that if route. You, if you take that. I was just yes. saying, like, the one that I take, I just get You to the take day. the one closer. Yeah. I just, I sometimes end up going that way. Yeah. If there's a line of people standing waiting for the NQR, it gets crowded, like rush right. hour time, mm-hmm. I'll go through and do a rough count of, of how, how many people, people are, on, are the on their phones. Yeah. And it's easily 80%. Oh, yeah. Everyone 100%. is on their phones. And 20 years ago, that was not the case. No, people were reading maybe their books, newspapers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so on their phones, they could be doing that too, but, but they're likely cool. not. Yeah. They're probably on Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook or one of the social media apps that tells them how much better or worse someone else's life is in comparison to theirs. Yeah. Who is doing something without them mm-hmm. or who doesn't like who or whom. The positivity of it mm-hmm. doesn't sell as well as the negativity of it. Yeah, because I mean, like people know when celebrities unfollow each other on Facebook or Instagram and things like that. And like, ooh, they must be in a fight or how whatever. Would, how would you know that? There's apps out there that tell you. Like, like I could install an app on my phone that'll yeah. tell me how, what people have unfollowed me. I don't have that. <laughs> but that's something that exists. I'm crying inside. And for me, like, I... So you and I are very different in that, like, I enjoy social media. Yeah. For the most part. Like I, I, I use it. I know how to use it well. I manip- mm-hmm. like I'm able to manipulate it to what I want it to do. Which I admire because you're a pretty my... positive person. And right. So I'm not you putting garbage out way. there. Yeah. I'm not putting. Yes. I mean, some may say I post a little bit, a little bit too much. You know, like information as far as my dog is concerned. That I post a lot of pictures of Wrigley. Um, and to them, I say, uh, you put you post too many pictures of your child. So I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Um, so that was that was a little bit of a dig, um, but but you know like what people do like I use like for me I love Instagram specifically because like I love pictures I love um, seeing what other people are doing I like I find joy mm-hmm. in other people's like happiness but I also have moments where I like go through the Instagram stories I'm like oh those people are hanging out I didn't know that they were hanging out like why did they invite me and then I have a moment of like wait I'm a th- I'm almost thirty one years old what girl, you are not 10 years old to be like butthurt about someone not inviting you to mm. something. But I get that. I mm. get feeling the feelings that you feel because, you know, someone didn't invite you or like someone blocked you or someone unfollowed you or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, it's just so it, everything is like, but beyond all of that, 
beyond all of that, I think there's there's ways like for me, I use Facebook. Like I don't post a ton on Facebook. Like like if there's like a news article that I like or um, I just want to be like you know Black Lives Matter or want to support a cause. I want because there's there is a there's some there's a catharsis that can happen for like sharing certain things. Um, there is uh, activism related to that. Like we can talk about the Parkland students who are doing mm-hmm. um, the March That's for Our Lives a on Saturday. Example. It's a really good example. They have mobilized in a way that is so smart around social media that's great like someone called one of the one of the main girls i forgot her name uh, miss gonzalez um a skinhead lesbian and what and it Jeez. was a, it was a uh, a, po- a politician who did that and he was running um uncontested and so and within within like three days i found someone to contest to uh to uh to run against him that's cool uh, which is like awesome right like there's such power in the way of using social media to do really good things mm-hmm. but then of course there there are people that are going to say garbage things and going to do garbage so things bad. i think about like if i post something the comments that i get um if i post something that's pretty like radical left or right or whatever you know whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it um or if i like i remember posting a picture with me uh, and a friend and there was alcohol around us and you know some aunties and uncles had some things to say about that and i'm like Tricking i don't the booze. i'm just like i'm literally just taking a picture with a friend <laughs> like i don't know like why you had to read so much into all of that but You're that's forsaking your i don't know what their issue was i mean that i was like drinking but like but i'll have like i'll have conversations with my parents about like what you know you took a picture with a boy like you're not dating him like why are you taking pictures with him i'm just like because he's my Uh, friend or like or that you know like that's like weird things that like it's it was never about you it was about this other person that was a thing Uh, um but like like you can you can put your life out there but you also do it like i also do that restrictively too like there's there's certain people in my life that will only see my public profile, meaning mm-hmm. only anything I post publicly, which isn't a lot of things. It isn't any pictures. It isn't, like, things that people get to see are the things that, like, you get to see or, like, my close friends and family get to see. Mm-hmm. And, but if you just search me on Facebook, you know, you get to see what's public. And what I post on Instagram, I don't post a ton on Instagram, but when I do post, it's things that I'm okay with anybody in the world seeing. Yeah. And I'm proud of whatever that is. Yeah. What I post on Twitter, same thing. You know, like... I don't really use Snapchat because Snapchat is garbage, uh, in my opinion. Why? Why? Why though? Why? Don't... Um. One. Uh, just like as a person who likes things streamlined, I just like all my like I just like apps streamlined. I like that Instagram has mm-hmm. everything that I want it to have. The stories. The stories. The... All those different things. Like mm-hmm. their filters are garbage compared to Snap. Snapchat filters are much better. Yeah. Um. Because they've been doing it for longer. Except uh, Facebook bought Instagram, and so they stopped posting those pictures in chronological order and so which is, use the yeah, algorithms which i don't like get facebook just just put in your it lane. just put it in chronological just order chronological just do it order. just do it because it feels weird when i like something of a picture that's from like five days ago <laughs> come on be cool um but snapchat also did a update recently mm-hmm. that was like just it's it's so weird yeah it's such a weird update and then they also recently did something stupid with rihanna and chris brown if they uh, and rihanna yeah. read them thankfully and they their their stock plummeted after that um their stock plummeted also after the update um and people like i think they have like a star or something on Good. on the app store Good. um it's not it's not like great nice. but uh-huh. it is what it is so i don't like snapchat 
sometimes I'll take pictures or whatever on Snapchat and save it and put it on Instagram or, you know, just to be fun. But like, but that's just too much work. So I'm like, eh, I like how I look without mm-hmm. the gram. But that's the other thing. Like, you need to have apps to make you look skinnier, to make you look prettier, to have more eyelashes. Like, so and much. it's really, it's really damaging when it comes to your body image or how you look because it's all about this facade of. I want everyone to see me looking like this. Like my life is perfect. Look at this awesome life I'm living in New York City with my friends, with my cute dog, with this, with this, like there's people who, like there was a, there was a news story on Good Morning America of a girl who went to thousands of dollars of debt to live up a, like a lifestyle on for social media so that she could travel and things like oh that. Oh my God. And she was able to like be debt free in 24 and I think it was like 18 months she was able to be debt free because she like she realized it wasn't important to do that that she shouldn't be going out to eat a ton that she doesn't need to be buying clothes and apparel that she doesn't need in it that are stupidly expensive and all these different kinds of things but like it creates a visual culture like this and it's it creates a story hey and in this place where we want to matter like we all want to be relevant we want to be relevant and i there's nothing wrong with that i want to be a relevant person i want i want someone to care about me and feel like i matter to them but like who is your them, right? right? And like, and I think that's where social media really takes a turn because the minute you your un, your followers drop or that people start blocking you or saying really mean comments and things mm-hmm. like that, then it hits your ego. It hits mm-hmm. your it hits you in places that are not fun, you know. And like, either you engage with it or you don't. Right. And most people do engage with it because you want to defend yourself. You want to like when someone calls like their outfit bad, you know, mm-hmm. the hashtag outfit of the day, which is their OOTD. That's a, that's a hashtag that people use. Yeah. Outfit of the day. OOTD. Thank you. Um, just want, cause I'm sure I, you'll see now it. I'm there. Yeah. You're there. Um, like, Oh, your outfit is garbage or like whatever. It's like, what do you, what do I get from telling you that your outfit is garbage? Do you like how you look? Mm. That's great. I'm glad. Fly as hell. Great. The, and keep it moving. It comes from a society that says how you look is more important than what you do or who you are. Like, if you mm. make something in the world, yeah. you create something. Let's yeah. say you're an engineer, an artist, an architect, whatever. Mm-hmm. You could post a picture of something you made or or you're an athlete. You mm-hmm. post a picture of you like doing some kind of sport. Or you could post a picture of your face and your body mm-hmm. wearing something. Or not, wearing, or not wearing anything, you and your bathing suit. Right. It's a society who will give you more or less likes based on how you look. Yeah. And it's a superficiality. And it's based on who you are too. So if you're like mm-hmm. a really beautiful woman and you wear a, and you're just, you have the right angle, you, you're sitting in a way that makes your butt look big, your mm-hmm. boobs look good. The Kim Kardashian look. Yeah. If you, you have like the natural Kim Kardashian look, mm-hmm. which is not natural. That's it's all plastic so surgery. brushed and... It, Oh, God. And like her makeup artist is phenomenal. She could pay millions. Millions because do you? Girl? Right. Um, but like you have the right look and you have the right angle. It's all a production right. to get that one shot. Or if you're like Beyonce, the three shots because she does like her grid. It's all an aesthetic. It's like mm. let me let me what's what's your Instagram aesthetic? Right. Like, and what's your what's your and you have there are apps <clears throat> out there are things that you could put your mm-hmm. Instagram profile to and see like what your color aesthetic is. And I've like curate. done it. Yeah. And be like like oh this is what like your aesthetic is. And I'm just like I know what my aesthetic is. It's called Brina. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. just what it is. Dude, seriously. You know. And of course I like 
so I only put certain things up there because I don't necessarily want everything of my life out there. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, I love this picture of myself. I rarely post pictures of just me, but I look really fly. I took a really cute selfie yeah. and I posted it. Mm-hmm. Whether I got likes, like the likes that I got, oh, man. of course made me feel good. Right. And when that cute boy liked it, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yay. And then I was like, okay, he, it was, it's, it's a, if just a very, if you just rationally look at it, it is a good, it's a nice picture. Yeah. Likes or not. Likes or not. It's just a nice picture. So right. if someone likes it, they might just look at it as like, oh, that's a nice picture. Yeah. Or they're looking at it as like, damn, she fine. Sure. My hope was that that's what he was saying. I know you are. That's, <laughs> I, I wish you well in your endeavors. Uh, no, I, I don't wish me well in that endeavor. That was you could unnecessary. He could have also DM'd and just made it more clear. <laughs> Right. Be direct. Uh, um, you know I don't know how to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to boys. <laughs> did you? Did you, I notice you liked my picture? Da, da, da. Hey, no. I noticed. I noticed that you talk to me every day. <laughs> do oh, <you>? that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Get over it. I can't. I mean, no. You. Right, this was you, a long time ago. I'm much better now. I'm fine. Is are you and is he over it? That's the question. So I anyway, know. I don't know. Yeah, he's still out there. He still cares. Off. Anyway, no, he anyway um, uh, this is awkward. Cares. He does it. Anyway, continue. So, the likes <laughs> phenomenon. Uh, there the was likes, a, the comments that you get. This, there was a This American Life I listened to mm-hmm. in another podcast mm-hmm. in which they <laughs> talked to middle school girls mm. about social media. You and I didn't have smartphones no, and social media. Oh, God. I, I would be a mess. Listened to this episode I'm and I wanted mess. to bang my head against a wall <laughs> for hours. <laughs> Because these young ladies were talking about the culture of... Think about your middle school. It's a confined area, right? It's not a city. Alex, I it's did one not school. look cute in middle school. No. How many of us did? Look at our fashion choices. Look at our hair. Look at The only thing I knew how to do was wear bomb eyeliner. That's about it. <laughs> Outside of that, I looked a mess. Everyone. Because makeup is starting to become a thing. Like, is she wearing eyeliner? Is she not wearing eyeliner? Mm-hmm. Is it a full face? Sixth or just grade, like, I started bit. wearing eyeliner. Yeah. Some people, like, yeah. So that's something you hold on to. Is mm-hmm. like, as a young girl, I feel confident in my eyeliner game. I just want to say, I still wear bomb eyeliner. I just don't wear it anymore because uh, makeup free always because I'm beautiful the way I am. Hashtag. It's a long <laughs> hashtag. The, uh... <laughs> The, but the, they these young ladies were talking on this episode of This American Life, mm-hmm. and the mental and emotional turmoil mm. from class to class, between periods, all mm. this sort of thing, of seeing I posted this picture with two of my friends in this class, and then passing period, I see I only have 47 likes. I thought I was going to have 100 likes. Delete, because that's not one of my higher like things, and I move on. And then someone else might acknowledge it at lunch period because they noticed you were hanging out with Susan and Susan hasn't hung out with them in a while. Are you going to Trevor's party this weekend? Blah, blah, blah. And then I just took a picture at lunch with five of my best friends eating cute uh, whatever they're doing at lunch. And it's like, can I post this picture of you? Four of the five say, yeah, that looks good. The fifth one says, that's not a cute picture of me. Delete, do it again. And they do it again. And you have to get permission from all your friends in the picture before you post the picture and tag anyone. It's very exhausting. It made me think, how are your grades? How, how is school you going? Such, you were such what a is, dad. I'm just sitting there. What college are you headed for? What are you what looking are at for the future? What are your goals outside of this? Are you doing after school activities? 
what is going on? And yeah. it's like the, the idea of, and it insinuates a certain thing like, what am I wearing? And am I in the same picture multiple times wearing the same thing? Mm-hmm. I have to diversify my wardrobe. Yeah. I have to... Shoot, I wear the same stuff all the time. That's an easy (laughs) way to live life, because who cares what's on your back? But, like, we are also, like... I understand. Older. No, no, no. I've been been 30 since I was 18. You know what? I haven't. Okay. As a person who wasn't. Okay. I was a... I, I definitely was an old soul growing up, but... The the one part of me that always, that has and I continue to fight as an at like as like a thirteen year old girl all the time mm-hmm. is wanting to be accepted by people. Okay, and so that's a, that's a me thing. I'm going to therapy for it. It's great. Hey, own it. It's wonderful, but I know that that's a lot of what people are <laughs> feeling, and I think social media exacerbates that. Absolutely. And so for me. I am careful to be like, hey, you know, I'm feeling some kind of way because I feel, because for me, I want to be accepted. I want people to like me. Mm-hmm. And because for whatever reason that, like the reason why I need that is because of like some, some trauma that happened at a young age. And mm-hmm. so like, let's deal with that. But also like, it's nice to be liked. It's nice. Like, oh, sure. like there's nothing wrong. Like to sure. when someone says they don't like me, I'm just kind of like, why? What did I do? You know, <laughs> like. Did I yeah, did yeah. I look at you funny? Like I didn't. Right. I, prom- I, prom- I promise you, that's just how my face looks. Like it's just, it's just my resting bitch face. Apparently, I was <laughs> waiting for you. Yeah, there um, you go. I, but but as I've gotten older, therapy. Yeah. Like my like my spiritual life, my like physical, emotional life, the hormones because like being a girl, like Stuff. we and being and you as a boy, you have hormones and feelings about those things. Bad relationships, all those things have affected. Mm-hmm how I look at that, right? And now I can now I can look at it and, and everything that you just told me, I'm just like, that's exhausting. And I'm really glad that social media didn't exist when I was in grade school and junior high and high right. school because it would have been, I would have been obsessed with it. Like I was obsessed with Snake when I had a mobile phone in right. high school. <laughs> I think all of us were. I used my mom and dad's phone because I didn't get a cell phone until I was like 16 or 17 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Um, oh yeah, I recognize my privilege. I yeah. played snake all day. <laughs> <laughs> but but when I went to what you're saying, oh, I noticed I was having a trend where I'm looking on Forbes.com and they mm-hmm. have an article about uh, six ways social media affects your mental health. Mm-hmm. And the six ways are it's addictive. I won't read all the stuff, yeah. but addiction is one. Mm-hmm. It triggers more sadness, less well-being. Yeah. And comparing our lives with others is mentally oh. unhealthy. Oh my God. Yes. Oh God! Um, it can lead to jealousy and a vicious cycle. Yep. Um, we get caught in a delusion of thinking it will help, and more friends on social media doesn't mean you have more of a social life mm. in the actual life. Mm. So perpetuating this idea that you have a lot of friends when actually you don't feel like you have that many friends at all. So I would wake up in the morning and very quickly I noticed this is months and months and months ago, maybe a year ago. I was noticing every morning I wake up, I like to look at Instagram mm-hmm. and scroll through and see like what's new today. Right. And the people that I follow, artists, mm-hmm. athletes, some like people in entertainment a little bit, uh, these sorts of people. And I would see someone who has 300,000 followers and she would post something about her do- DJing at uh, the Barclays Center. And then mm-hmm. she's flying to Europe to do several different DJ spots and model and all this sort of stuff. And I'm thinking, well, I have to get a I want to get a juice press, and I want to go to Equinox Gym, mm. very expensive, and I want to buy new clothes or whatever. And I'm thinking, 
You wake up every morning and compare yourself to someone who is a international DJ. Do you want to be an international DJ? I don't no. think you do. Then why are you why are you looking at this? I got off of looking at Instagram in the morning and did not let myself do it at any hour of the morning. And instead, I wake up, I read mm-hmm. books or articles. Yeah. I play a game or two of chess on my phone. And I'm trying to learn a new language every day for like 20 minutes. Nice. Like the same language, just like improving sure. every day. Yeah. My emotional well-being, instability, self-esteem. So oh my God. I was like, yo, this is awesome. I feel so much more fulfilled right. before I would go in the morning to like work or something. Right. Um, instead of looking at my shortcomings. Right. You know? You don't have anyway. money, bud. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Likewise. I mean, I'd like to... I, I, I usually don't say nice things to you, so sorry. I know you're... this is a rare moment. Thanks for making that public. Aww. <laughs> Publicly, you're you're a good dude. <laughs> this is. I'll keep you around. <laughs> but I, to fall back a little bit on my high horse, uh, I'm just gonna say I do not think all of social media is bad. I think what you pointed to, things like revolutions, mm-hmm. the gun control, Egypt. information sharing, information. It, yeah, it's yeah. it could be really really positive. Our parents, if they wanted to travel across the ocean mm-hmm. seas or whatever they would have to get information from a travel agency the u.s that's how i went to india Civ- for most yeah. of my life you have to yeah. look at an encyclopedia mm-hmm. you have to look at something very static versus us everything is fluid mm-hmm. we can look at google maps we can check websites we can look at social media and connect with people all the way on the other side of the, yeah. the world that's really cool that's and if we're using dope. it in ways that are productive and connecting people, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But we need to just be careful. And I think Facebook is a perfect example of what happens when people start picking fights, mm. pitting each other against one another, and being yeah. just more divisive. Versus Instagram, I feel like, is a more unifying platform, mm-hmm. which is why I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but Facebook has become a, a really dark place for me. Mm-hmm. So I hope Mark Zuckerberg can get it. Together. Back on the rails. Get it together. Protect the information <laughs> because it's going to places that we did not consent to. Right. And I believe there's there's things that you can do on Facebook right now um, to make sure that those third parties don't get it. Mm. Um, so sh- Google it. It's there. So. Okay. But yeah, that that was a good dabbling section, man. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks, was, for, yeah. thanks for the conversation. I'm glad you're on social media, though. <clears throat> sometimes it's nice for me to know that you're alive. But I do see you every week, so that helps. Yeah. If you don't see me here one of these weeks, the cast is canceled and send someone to look for me. <laughs> It'll be me looking for you. It'll be me, like, literally yelling your name. Alex! All over New York. <laughs> Just all over New York, being as obnoxious as I possibly can be. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Let's go talk some basketball because right. there's there's some basketball news we got to talk about. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, it's now time to talk about some ball, some basketball. Hooping. Um, do you have standings? Do we know what we're, as far as like yeah. basketball is concerned, where are we at? Because we do know. Okay, so what are the standings? Do you have Do you have it on you? Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. yeah. On top, of, so top, of the, top of the dome? The Raptors. The Raptors. The Raptors. Say more. The Toronto Raptors are leading in the standings in the East. To everyone's surprise, I just did not see the end of the year going this way. Mm-hmm. They have the 53 and 18 record. A 53 and 18 record. That's pretty 
pretty good. The Raptors have never been this good. Uh, and they clinched. Mm-hmm. So they, they've got home court. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Boston Celtics at 48-23 and 23 in the second seed. And, the Bal- and Boston ha- had some pretty great this season, you know, last-minute wins, too. They have. Kyrie's is, been a little in and out. Yeah, but he's been out. But the team has put it together. He's been out this, at least this past couple of games. Mm-hmm. Getting his knee looked at, mm-hmm. trying to make sure he's okay for the playoffs, right? The Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers are at the three seed, but that doesn't mean much because it's only a four-game separation between the third and the eighth seed. Oh, God. So we're looking at the potential that if the Pacers, Wizards, 76ers, Heat, or Bucks have some kind of great resurgence uh, and some some wins at the end. You know how yeah. normally Cleveland just coasts at the end? Yeah. Because LeBron's Because they're, they're, they're good. Usually. Yeah, because they're good. Cleveland has to play every game. Yeah. They have to show up. Because if you don't, you could go from three to eight right. real quick. But knowing LeBron and how much money he spends on his money, on his body, he's going to play all 83 games. So 82. Is it? Oh, yeah, 82. Why did I say 83? Well, Leap year. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> You're welcome. So, uh, yeah, if he puts, and there's an article on ESPN that we read yeah. about that. We even posted on, on our mm-hmm. uh, our Facebook. He LeBron is no joke when it comes to investing in his physical health. And you know what? I wouldn't be either God if I was me. him. He's No wonder he was he was having back issues a few years ago. And mm-hmm. I just have amnesia I forgot about, about all that. that. I forgot. Yeah, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, he was supposed to be shutting down. What? Did and, he just like... And he didn't. He went to a hospital, got a bunch of baby blood, and he just like... It was, was a like, lot of stem cells. I need some pi- uh, some pints of blood. Or he like sold his soul to the devil. Yeah. I don't think he did a that. A little Faust action. Yeah. He, but he, his trainer that he has, who used to work with the SEALs and a lot of other like mm-hmm. high ops um, athletes. And Navy SEALs. Who, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Who, oh yeah. Not actual SEALs. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> and so... Uh, the the regimen he has him on, LeBron hired him full time, and they follow a plan and that's all the awesome. time. They experiment with his body a little bit, but they figure out what works, and that's how he's able to play at the elite level. He does. Cleveland, he's an, on pace to play eighty two games for the first time in his entire career, and he's. Has there been any other player that's like done that? What do you mean? Play all eighty two games? Oh yeah, there's a lot. Karl Malone did it all the time. That's why he's second all time scoring. Yep. Carl would just... You're right. The mailman always delivered. I... Yep. I completely forgot about I that. I looked at the number of games he played. Because Carl Malone played what? He 19? was also efficient though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he close wasn't, to the he basket. Was an, he, was an, he was an efficient He only player. scored like 25, 26 points a game. Mike right. would score 30-something. Yeah. But Carl showed up every night. Yeah. And so his numbers just ultimately were what they were. Mm-hmm. So LeBron is, is going to play every single game because his team needs him to play every game. Um, if the, I, listen, I love James Harden as much as the next guy, but I'm willing to screw him over again for the fourth year because I just feel like LeBron is amazing. Anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited for the NBA awards when they happen because yeah. that'll, be, that'll be fun, but I think, we'll see. I hope the players award LeBron with the players award. Anyway, uh, Western Conference, the Rockets, speaking mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. they are in the, they have the number one record overall in the entire NBA. 57 and 14, mm-hmm. um, that's an 80% win average. And then 53 and 18 are the Golden State Warriors. And KD mm-hmm. is out with a rib injury right now. He Clay- broken rib. He did. Thanks, Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh. And uh, Clay Thompson has a broken 
thumb. And Steph That might is, be hard to shoot? do your three-pointers. He'll drink some chocolate milk. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Muscle milk specifically. I think it's muscle, muscle milk? I think it's muscle milk. I don't think it well, is. No, it's actually, no, it's just chocolate milk. Yeah, it's just, straight up like prairie farms type right, stuff. Right, just chocolate milk. Clay was like talking to his agent. Can I get like muscle milk? Clay, 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 Clay. <laughs> Buddy, I'm trying to help you out here, but have you... Have you <laughs> Have you seen yourself? You're not. Let's stick to <laughs> stick what with we what can you know. get. <laughs> stick <laughs> so, with what you know. Um, sorry, Clay, you're a great guy. Um, but uh, So Golden State is running up with on fumes mm-hmm. and just trying to get their guys healthy for yeah. the playoffs because it doesn't matter that you're the one seed or the two seed. Just roll when you have everybody healthy. Portland... Damn, Portland. Yo. People are talking Dame Lillard, MVP candidates. You know? He he has turned that team around in a way. I mean, him and, like, obviously the squad. But yeah, like, yeah. It's, CJ McCollum always yeah, shows up. Yeah. But, I mean, like, D. Lillard is out there. He's doing his he thing. He was guarding. Dropping dimes everywhere. Dropping dimes, dropping dimes. <laughs> and he was up there in uh, James Harden's phase actually trying to defend him the other night. And he dropped 42 still. But, like, you know, <laughs> his defense was not bad. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma City, New Orleans Pelicans, the Spurs, Timberwolves, Jazz. That's our top eight mm-hmm. of teams. The number of games separating, again, four games separate the three and eight seed. Right, so this is this will people have to play. People have to show up. I'm excited about right. the stretch because it could be a team like the Spurs drop down to an eight seed. Right, and that's weird. And you got to play the yeah. I mean, and that's a weird feeling. So we're getting into it. It's it's the thick of things, and playoffs are looming. Yep. But and uh, also, there's um, March Madness happening now, which is why mm. there hasn't been a lot of uh, NBA coverage unless you have like NBA TV. Right. So, like, I've just been watching highlights quite a bit because um, currently my uh, Loyola Ramblers will be playing later today. So, I'm very excited Your about Loyola that. Your Loyola Ramblers beat my Tennessee Volunteers. Sure did. And you didn't, te- I didn't text you, but I was like, I feel like Brian's going to text me no, at any I, point. No, I, I, uh, I was. I that day specifically, I mm-hmm. was doing some things at work, mm-hmm. and I was working till really late, and so I decided not like I was finding the updates, and I was gonna text you, but I was just in I was in a zone. I appreciate so that. I did it. All right, because I'm a good friend. Yeah, but I know when my Cardinals beat your Cubs, I yeah, you're not, not a good friend. <laughs> that not. you were a jerk. <laughs> I do not. Um, but anyway, that I still kept you around. It's all good. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, not much to say about the NBA right now. Like you yeah. said, March Madness is happening. I mean, the Rockets are putting on a show. It's a clinic. Mm-hmm. Every time they show up, they have won 30 of their last 33 they, games. They just made uh, the Raptors... Um, they broke the streak. Th- they broke the streak, yeah. Uh, the winning streak. The 13, the it was like 13 game streak. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, again, the Raptors are no joke, so... Yeah. I mean, this guy... James Harden is, for sure, maybe the leading MVP candidate, but... Uh, CP3, what he's done for that team this mm-hmm. year, cannot be under... Yeah, James Harden dropped 42. CP dropped 22. Right. 7 and 7. Right. You know? So he's out there doing... It's not, it's not, it's not chump change here. No, man. This guy's amazing. So Do, Doing some big things. But there's some other, like, outside of, like, NBA, like, on the mm-hmm, court mm-hmm. stuff, which is exciting, because let's be real, we're just waiting for the playoffs. Yeah. Like, which are starting in April. So just kind of, like, waiting for the playoffs the to happen. in my seat. Yeah. What? Antsy in my seat. Oh, antsy in my seat. It's, it's an expression. It's a black expression. It's Is it a black Dictionary. expression? Yeah, it's something we use. Okay. 
You're teaching me edges. I'm teaching you antsy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not true. It's <laughs> everybody true uses AT. Um, uh, no, but there's some sad things that are happening. Yeah, mostly on the Cleveland side. I know. I'm Nothing f- new under the sun. There's like things. This season has not been kind to Cleveland. Yeah. So do we want to talk about Coach Lou first? You start, you start wherever you want to start. Uh, well, Coach Lou um, is stepping away indefinitely from the Cavs. So I'm assuming their assistant coaches, one of the assistant coaches, are going to step yes, up. Yes, he. Yes, he is. <clears throat> Who is that? Do you know? He is. Yeah, I do know. I looked at it this morning, and What's he has coached name? before. It is so, Alpha. Oh, Larry Drew. Larry Drew. Okay, very cool. So Tyler was stepping down because due to health related issues. When I found out, when I got the headline that Tyler was stepping away, <clears throat> I was like, "Man, Alex, why do you have to like?" crap on people did i say that on the cast no you said that he needs to go oh you said that tyloo needs to go i said that off mike no you said no you said it on the cast oh did i yes you did i don't remember um that's why i bring it up i'm not gonna bring up off mic things i was like girl you put me on fresh (laughs) street (laughs) think i'm bad juju out here no i did i did i did say tyloo was not as effective right because he needs a different kind of a like lebron needs a different kind of a coach yeah potentially um, like a Steve Kerr or a Pop. It's two options. That's it. <laughs> but none of those are none Available. of them are leaving right. anywhere anytime soon. Um, so Coach Lou is stepping away, and at first I was like, "Oh my God, he got fired!" Or like yeah. there was some sort of falling out. But actually, he's leaving for health related reasons, yeah. and it is heart issues. Like he had some heart pain. Yeah, chest pain. Chest pain. So that could be the heart or other things. Yeah, he also was coughing up blood. Never a great sign. Not not sure the frequency, yeah. but that's just what was reported. And sleepless nights, right? And sleepless nights. So some insomnia, maybe. Yeah, and apparently they've been doing all the, te- all the tests or under the sun, and nothing's mm-hmm. really kind of figuring out what that is. So um, regardless of what you think of Coach Lou, I just hope he's well that he is okay because I know how I know the feeling of finally figuring out what's wrong with you or like mm-hmm. what medicine works or. You know, just health wise, making sure that you're okay. Like that is yeah. that is a nice feeling to know when it's just what, to label ju- it. Just to label it. it. This is what it is. Yeah. Um. And I know what that feels personally. I know what that feels like for family members who have gone through gone through like figuring out what is wrong with me. Why mm-hmm. is this happening to me? Um. When it's not very cut and dry. So I'm hoping the best for him and his family. Yeah. Just so that he's okay because that's no fun. That the stress of that alone can mm-hmm. I can only imagine. And, and when I'm, I should be clear too the. Him not being effective as a coach, mm-hmm. something just didn't feel right. Right. And so it, it was not – I he has played with, in his playing days, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan. He's played with some of the best ever yeah. to play the game. I've heard of some of them. And he yeah. – yes, have you? <laughs> he uh, has been an assistant coach for several years to yeah. some really great coaches as well. Right. And so I don't question his ability to think – basketball it seemed to me like this year he was in, unable to coach and corral from a interpersonal standpoint it just seemed like the relationship right were from the little, outside looking in yeah it looked a little afraid like yeah. he was not connected but i also see now oh it you know lebron said we've seen this all year yeah. he's been dealing with stuff all year and so there have been times where he's had to step away and coach Larry Drew and other from the assistant staff mm-hmm. has to step up to kind of fill in for him when he needs to be away for a moment. We didn't always see that. Right. Um, but that's what was going Which on. Which makes sense. Like why this, why we felt 
there was a disconnect. Right. Um, but that was under the surface yeah. of everything. So, I mean, I'm glad that this is at least, I, I just really hope that doctors are able to figure out what is going on and that he gets healthy and can come back to the game that he loves when he's ready. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, we, you know, Steve Kerr had to be away from the Golden State Warriors when he was having the back pains mm-hmm. and the, the spinal tap yeah. happening for him. So, um, we've seen good coaches be, uh, taken down by ailments just like players are sometimes yeah. so you got to be a person first too. yeah absolutely. you got to be you know uh one piece when you're out there so we wish him well we hope he, he gets better soon yeah and the other sad thing that happened is Kyle Korver of uh the Cleveland Cavaliers their three-pointer yeah. um their three-point shooter specifically um lost his brother Kirk uh Culver um Korver Korver why is it I'm thinking of Culver's. I don't You're thinking why. of Culver's. <laughs> You're thinking of like uh, really potato want... skins and yeah. wings. Yeah. I really so, want yeah. wings. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah. And uh, we don't know what happened. He was He's the youngest of the five uh, brothers. Um, Kirk is. Kirk yeah. is the youngest. Okay. And he's 27 years old. And um, Kyle left at, for a game after like at a game apparently for a family emergency reason on Saturday. And then he came back on Monday against a team. I forgot which team. And he is now um, stepping away for a little bit because his brother died today, I Mm. believe. And so just giving our love to that family and to Kyle. I just, I, I can't imagine losing a sibling. Um, Mm -mm. I would be, I would be really sad. Like it would, it would be hard. It would be really, really hard. I'm, I'm also a believer like death happens for, I'm a very big believer that death happens for a reason and mm. that when people die, it is their, it is their time to die. Um, even if it's tragic and it sucks, um, because there could be some good that comes from it. I'd like to think that, but, uh, it's still really hard. I can't imagine what he's going through. So I'm wishing him the best. Yeah. And his teammates have been great. Like even LeBron said really lovely things so that he can take all the time he needs because it's, it's going to be, cause you're not, I mean, as someone we've all dealt with death in various ways, uh, whether it very directly or indirectly, um, it takes a long time to heal and you don't really mm. ever forget. Um, you never forget, uh, the loss of someone that you care about, especially family members. Yeah. So, but yeah, any other basketball stuff that's happening? Yeah. I mean, on a positive note for the Cavs, Kyle, uh, Kyle, Kevin Love is back. Oh, that's right. He, he is back. Broken hand. He's, he's back in the mix. And he dropped 18 in his first game. What? It's a people sleep on Kevin Love. They, I've never everybody... slept on him because I've always said he was cute. Yeah. <laughs> no, you want to sleep with Kevin Love. <laughs> that's different. People, uh, when Cleveland's in turmoil, it's like, what's wrong with the team? All these rumors fly about, like, Everybody is Kevin hates, Love the problem? Everyone hates, everyone hates Kevin. That's what it should be called, the team sitcom. <laughs> this season of Everyone Hates Kevin. And then they're always Aww. talking about trading him. And then he gets away from the team, and it's like, look how bad you guys are doing. And then he comes back to the team, just quietly shows up. And does his job, like a he, good white man. Good, good <laughs> professional Tie, suit and tie guy. Suit and tie guy. He's like madman out here. Yeah. Um, so Listen I'm to what the boss back. says and like Did does you, it. Yeah. And by boss, I mean LeBron James. Oh, of course. The CEO. Yeah. We're not, we're not talking about Ty, ty Lu. <laughs> he actually signs all the checks. <laughs> yep. Did you, um, did you see Kevin Love <laughs> fall down on the ground after one of the shots? No. He took, 
He. <laughs> what happened? Can't say it without laughing. <laughs> he took a shot from right. the corner, from the elbow. Sure. Uh, it missed, and it went back into play. Was it was it a, a three point shot or? I think it was just inside the three point. Okay. It was a two pointer, a long two point. Okay. And he took the shot, <laughs> and it missed. Went out. People grabbed it. Right. The players grabbed it, and they started taking it the other way on the court. He is. He fell down uh-huh. after he took the shot, mm-hmm. and he's laying right at the feet of the Cleveland bench. Uh-huh. Supine, prone, flat. He's on flat back. on his back. He's not like sitting on his booty. He is No, he is laying flat on his flat back. Flat on his back. As okay. the ball and players start to move in the other direction down court. Right. <laughs> Kevin takes his feet and he starts with his heels pushing his body Flat on the ground in the direction <laughs> of the other players. Oh my god, I so, need to find this. So he's just, if this he's is just, just as good as like Vince Carter making fun of Blake. Oh, Griffin. that was so funny. Yeah, I posted that on our Instagram I story. Everyone should check it out. Hilarious. <laughs> um, but the, they asked him afterwards, like, "What were, were you, you doing? Try- yeah, what what was that?" And he said, "I don't know what that was." <laughs> he said, "That was an out of body experience. My I've, body just did I've been that. out of the game for seven weeks, so I'm forgetting how to get up and run." <laughs> on defense so <laughs> that's the easiest thing I can oh, think to do sweet. Um, I love you Kevin if you ever want to go on a date I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cheap date literally she's taking applications folks here you go specifically for Kevin love. I was I'm like um, I'm not that easy okay <laughs> uh, after raising more I'm reading you know what else happened what happened you know how LeBron got uh, billboards from Philadelphia and Los Angeles, yes. the Lakers. Yeah, courting him to want uh-huh. him to come to their, their teams. A yes. third team has raised funds. Which fund? Which team? The Portland Trailblazers. I'm okay with that. I would love for him to go to Portland. And he's I don't think even he will. publicly said that he would easily take D. Lillard. D. Lillard. Yeah, well, he so. said, I would like to play with D. Lillard. Right. He didn't say he liked to play in Portland. Right. But, <laughs> but. if he were to play in Portland, uh, that'd be kind of fun. I would go to Portland to not move there immediately, but to scout it out. You're you went to Portland once, and now I you love, love that, that place. city. I already loved Portlandia, and the actual city surpassed my expectations. I feel like you need to go there. I can't wait to see this billboard. I would because it's it's a good selling point. The like the Lakers billboard. Whoever did that in clip art Photoshop, whatever, <laughs> that was, was trash. A, it was word art. That was terrible. <laughs> it was, it was whoever designed that, I don't know what you were on. I did like Philadelphia's. I like seventy six. Philadelphia's yeah. was really good, I clean, liked it. simple, and to the point. And it was very uh, the 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 alliter- not, It's not alliteration. Like the wordplay with. Um, the process was cute, uh-huh. you know. Join uh-huh. the process. Or, I like it. Yeah, like very it. cute, very cute. But so, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what Portland puts maybe, in there. Maybe something like dropping dimes. Uh, it was only two thousand dollars to get this billboard. There's cheap real estate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's great. Well, right, you can get a mansion out there. <clears throat> Several mansions. You can, you can get a castle out there. <laughs> Sweet dope. So uh, that's that's what I know. Cool. Do you want to talk about some dope people? Yeah, let's do that. Because. Let's just be real. Let's just wait for the playoffs because it's going to be lit once the playoffs start. Well, at least let's hope. I can't wait for April. It's going to be great. April's best month of the year. Because your birthday month. It's my birthday month. And it's our one year anniversary month. For the Caps? Yeah. How many episodes will we be at? 
Is that 42? I think we'll be at 45, maybe? 45. Or, yeah. That's imp- There's 52 weeks in a year, and we did, uh, we did bi-weekly other, in the yeah. summer. Yeah. We did good. Hey, good job. All right. Go us. Good contact. We're Sounds adorable. Great. All right. Let's get into this. All right. All right. It is now time to talk about our dope people all right that segment okay the segment about dopeness all right is it my turn yeah Yeah, who you got all right so my person is drum roll please becky hammond heard of her love her what do you got um so for those of you who don't know who becky hammond is she uh well, I'm not going to tell you her current position, but let me tell you a little bit about what she's done. Ooh, a little mystery. A little bit of mystery. Um, so she um, has played college ball and things like that. So she is a, a white woman who has played ball and things like th- of that nature. She played in the WNBA for the San Antonio Stars and the New York City, the New York, sorry, the New York Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also played for uh, multiple basketball teams outside of the United States at, in 2008. She uh, represented Russia by, she naturalized herself to be a Russian citizen so that she could mm-hmm. play for the Russian team in 2008 and 2012. Mm-hmm. So Becky, let's talk about that because um, Russia. She couldn't know what was on the horizon. I hope she did Could she? Could she? I don't know, man. We never know. Subpoena. So, um, in, so again, so she's well known um, as far as her... Um, basketball career is concerned because she played the WNBA as well as internationally. Uh, she's 5'6". Um, she went to uh, Colorado State where she played ball there and she was uh, she went to the WNBA undrafted. So that's kind of interesting. Mm. Um, and she, her position is typically the point guard and her number throughout her time was 25. Okay. 25 was her jersey number. Yeah. Um, so with that being said... Um, most people know about Becky, um, who happens to also have very good hair, um, just saying, uh, because of her coaching career. Um, so on August of August 5th of 2014, uh, Becky was hired by the Spurs as an assistant coach, becoming the second female assistant coach in the, in, in the NBA history. Um, I didn't know there was a... F- there was a first, but she was the first full-time assistant coach in the NBA. Who was this other person? I don't know. But she doubled as like the water... I was going to say water boy, but water The water gal. person? Yeah. But why don't we call it the water person? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, Fine, yeah. Fine, whatever. <laughs> um, so, so that was a pretty big deal. The That's, fact that yeah. the NBA hired a full-time assistant coach that didn't have a penis. Or that did not identify as a man. I was going to say, I don't know how many guys don't have penises in the NBA. Yeah, you're right. Maybe. You, you never know. Because gender is fluid and gender... Just saying. It does not genitals. Genders equal... Gender and genitals don't have to always equal the same things. I'm saying. Because fluidity. Anyway, whatever. Um, with that being said, um, so there was a lot of like, oh my God, the NBA is pretty dope for hiring a woman. Um, and th- she didn't have the backlash that uh, the former, like some of our former dope people had about like, oh, can she handle it? Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Uh, because Coach Pop, because Coach, once she had a rep, 
And also, she had kind of the best endorsement ever from right. Coach Popovich, who was like, she wasn't hired because of her gender. She was hired because of her skill. You have to trust his judgment in all facets of the right. game. And so when he's like, I hired her because I like her, mm-hmm. like, and she's good at what she's doing, um, kind of kept it, kept it cool like that. Um, and then she was announced uh, to be the summer league coach in 2014, and they ended up winning the championship that, that summer league under her oh yeah under I heard. her uh, yeah. supervision I forgot about so that. becky hammond thanks for being a really dope person and for um breaking breaking walls and glass ceilings for mm. women in the nba most people think she's probably gonna be the first female head coach i would not be mad about that that'd be do cool th- do you think she'll take pop's job yeah i think she's just waiting i think that's smart mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that's smart yeah, I mean the organization already trusts her, and, and yeah. she's in and the she family. Knows, and she knows how pop works. Like yeah. it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be good. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, nice job. Short and sweet. Well, sticking with March, our theme of Women's Month. Yes. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite, 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 and omnipresent journalist in the NBA. Omnipresent. She. She's a god. I feel like <laughs> she's everywhere. Uh huh. Always. Okay. And people trust her with the real scoop. So when she does yeah. an interview, players are just upfront, and she can text them, and they text her back. And she's had this long reputation of being uh, a players journalist. Oh my god, who are you talking about? None other than the Rachel Nichols. So she's lovely. I this I feel like this I is also not going to crush on her too. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, but I feel like uh, I mean, I'm not going to do this. Sure, most of the basketball players also have a crush on her. It, yeah, it's like <laughs> she has. They, yeah, Rachel, <laughs> come on, sister. Um, Rachel is a a great correspondent for the NBA, a journalist. She does her job. Like she gets the scoop. So she, she's just not a pretty face. She's she, no, she's she a is, brain. Yeah, she is a brain, and she will ask tough questions. I have seen her in interviews ask questions with a straight face, shooting daggers at people. Yes. I asked you a question. Answer What's it. the answer? answer and he's like, damn it. "Well, you know, I don't want to do that." She goes, "Mm-hmm." Like <laughs> you know, she's got that look. So I, I, I just wanted to highlight I the white girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to highlight the good work that Rachel has done. But if you don't know much about Rachel, um, here's the gist that you should know. Um, she was born Rachel Michelle Alexander to a Jewish family, the daughter of Jane and Ronald Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a 1991 graduate of Winston Churchill High School in Potomac, Maryland. Okay. Um, and she graduated from uh, journalism high school at, oh, uh, sorry, the journalism program at Northwestern University in 1995. Go Chicago. Technically suburbs. Evanston, but so whatever. Suburbs, yeah. Um, the L also <clears throat> goes there, so. My aunt lives there. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Aunt Joan. Uh, she <laughs> hey, married. Aunt Joan. <laughs> she she uh, married a film and music video director, Max Nichols, son of film and stage director, Mike Nichols, and a Jewish ceremony in Venice. Italy Aww, in two thousand one. I love a Jewish wedding. Um, they have two children together, twin daughters. Oh, sweet. Um, she's been named Esquire's Women We Love and one of Hollywood Reporter's Ten Most Powerful Voices in Sports Media. That's big. So I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and she's also been named to Sports Illustrated's Sports Illustrated's Twitter one hundred in two thousand thirteen and fourteen. Nice. So that's pretty cool. A uh, little bit more about her. She's uh, a television host for the. 
jump mm-hmm. on weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Yep. So I watch clips from there. I yep, think it's a I good... I yeah, some really good correspondents who are former players. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great that she brings people like Tracy McGrady back into the fold. I love that. Steven Jackson. Mm-hmm. There's some really good guys on there doing good work. Um, so she talks very candidly and open with them on the jump at 3 p.m. Eastern. And she's also been on ESPN, ESPN2. She also appears on NCAA tournament broadcast on CBS, sometimes paired um, with some other great correspondents. Nichols uh, began hosting Unguarded with Rachel Nichols on CNN in October 2013 mm-hmm. on a similar tip of basketball. The program was uh, changed and regularly occurs... Ah, we don't need to know that. Mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated called Nichols the country's most impactful and prominent female sports journalist. So it says I mean, SI. outside of Doris? I love Doris, that's why. I don't know. In terms of impact, I love Doris. But, but impact-wise, impact yeah. yeah. I, would, I would definitely say she's, Rachel Nichols. She's got the ear of the players. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cred. And, and let's be real, the ear of, of the public. Mm-hmm. Like, well, when she talks, I listen. Yeah, well, I remember this. Um, her first widespread praise came from her tough questioning of the NFL during the uh, Roger Goodell and the Ray mm-hmm. Rice situation yeah. of domestic violence. Yeah. And she pushed on Floyd Mayweather with tough questions about his mm-hmm. reputation of domestic violence in the past. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she steps up and and she has a cause and she puts her um, her name on the line, her reputation. She brings that yeah. with the tough questions. I mean, if you have a, a track record where you are not nice to women, she's going to call you out on that. So yeah, if know. you have a track record that, good or bad, she's going to make sure that you know that she knows. Yeah. And she she's going to make you accountable to that. Yeah, she does her homework. Um, she previously worked for ESPN as a regular part of Sports Center, mm-hmm. Sunday NFL Countdown, and Monday Night Countdown. I don't mm. think I remember that. I don't remember that she either. She did a lot of work around sports, but basketball is her favorite, her her love. As it should be. Um, I don't see anything about her playing basketball, which is weird to me. Well, I mean, she she probably did like sports. Like she did general journalism in Northwestern, right? So I'm yeah. sure she probably like. There's, I mean, she also. Did journalism during one of the heights of Chicago Bulls time, right? She graduated sure. in 1995. So, like, she was there during the first couple of, you know, the first three mm-hmm. potentially um, championships. championships. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure she had some internships of, of that kind of helped her cover those things and learn more about it. And Northwestern's a Big Ten school, yeah. so there's a lot of sports there. You don't have to be a Whatever. sports player to be a good, but good reporter. She she tapped into it, and this is her love. It I'm also into ta- it. It also talks about her work with the Washington Post and some of NHL's um, teams and covering some of them. So she's done a wide range of things within sports media, mm-hmm. and she's still very young. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to see... How old, uh, can, you, how old is she now? She is now 44. She, that's very young. Yeah. she's She's got like 15 plus years, yeah. 15-ish. Yeah. Yeah. She could so, probably potentially even 20 if she wanted. You know, with, the, you, with your cred, you do whatever you got to do. And you are aging beautifully. Yes, she is. You look fantastic, yeah. Rachel. So, we uh, both have a crush on you. <laughs> you're super dope. Come on the podcast whenever you want to. Absolutely. I can guest star on the jump. <laughs> I want us to guest star on the jump. I want to sit next to Tracy, though. <laughs> You can sit next to one of the correspondents. That's fine. I'm okay with that. You can sit next to Tracy. You can sit next to Brian Windhorst. That's fine. I'll sit next to Tracy. That's fine. And I'll just look at him like, Alex, so what do you think of blah, blah, blah? And then you're just just staring at Tracy. You're you're drooling a little bit. Uh What was the... (laughs) 
see you looking at him really creepily, mm-hmm. and then just you drooling. Tracy, <laughs> you, do do do, do you, you need re- to sit next to you do, instead of do, Alex? Do you remember 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 that time you you scored a lot of points? <laughs> Which time, Alex? It was forty something. <laughs> You're so stupid. You're really good. <laughs> you're, you're really good. I really like you. <laughs> you want to be my uh, friend? Can I have your number? <laughs> oh, we're getting delirious. All right. Oh, uh, boy. Well, thank you for this cast, friend. And thank you, folks, for listening in on our 40th episode. Uh, we hope you tune in next week where we talk about a bunch of nonsense and some basketball. Yeah. It'll be great. Um, so, as always, check us out on our social media platforms, Dablin Dribblin, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's all that I have for today. Anything else you got? That's all I got. All right. So, be dope, and we'll catch you later. See ya. Yeah.